welcome to Season 2 of Busting Addiction and Its Myths, sponsored by Safe House Rehab Thailand, where we offer a modern approach to recovery, breaking with tradition by introducing new technologies that help disrupt the cycle of addiction. To learn more, visit us at safehouserehab.com and click on the video, or contact us at info at safehouserehab.com, and we'll tell you about our $1,000 airfare allowance and referral rewards program. My name is Bruno J. And here's why I created this podcast. Our research has shown that despite the opioid epidemic and the worldwide panic over the ravages of addiction, we didn't see that treatment centers were doing anything different to break the cycle more effectively and improve the odds of long-term success. So we have set out to do things differently and to let all those who love an addict or alcoholic know more about the advances in treatment that we represent. Here's what we're doing differently. We have designed our diagnostics and detox to isolate and treat opioid and multi-addiction, example, alcohol plus opioids plus speed, more effectively, given that these are the new challenges of addiction in the 21st century. We integrate leading-edge technology into the recovering process, thereby disrupting the disorder, speeding the recovery of brain health. Clients come to treatment with damaged brains. This is a given. We pay attention to the importance of dopamine and other ingredients vital to brain health recovery. Traditional rehabs don't provide anywhere near the tools and close guidance that clients truly need to help keep them clean and sober for life. We do it right. First, we advise our clients to go into our sober living facility to serve as a transition to normal life. And we absolutely outperform traditional rehabs when it comes to providing a structure for long-term recovery. So if you love an addict or alcoholic and you feel like your loved one is sucking the oxygen out of your life, is stealing your money, stealing your peace of mind and your sanity, this podcast is for you. If you're feeling rage and shame and and he or she is living rent-free in your head 24-7, this podcast is for you. I hope to have you gain a better understanding of the nature of addictive disorder and the invisible effect it has on your psyche. It's my fervent hope you also gain a little more compassion for your loved one and for yourself in spite of this cunning, baffling, and powerful disease. To paraphrase an author in this space, we struggle because we love. Today I want to talk about brain damage. Uh Uh-oh. I call this episode 6 of season 2 or number 19 overall. Brain damage, not in my family. Okay, so let's start with one of the most famous cases involving brain damage, and that's the case involving Aaron Hernandez. For those who may not know it and are perhaps tuning in from a country outside the U.S., Aaron Hernandez was the youngest American football player ever drafted. And at 19, he was already seen as a future superstar. And at that point, that early in his career, he was awarded, $40 million contract, and it was in his second year, with a top team in the NFL, the New England Patriots. Top team, won many Super Bowls. He can't ask for a better draft than that. He was a fierce warrior on the field and played hard off the field as well. He was known as a big-time marijuana user and boozer, even at the University of Florida, where he had established himself as a college superstar and part of a crowd of untouchables who apparently got away with anything and everything because, you see, Division I college football is the biggest revenue generator you could possibly imagine. 
And if you're a national champion, like the University of Florida was, you have the power to recruit the very best high school players in the land, which include, included at that time Aaron Hernandez, who was playing for a high school in Stamford, Connecticut, I believe. So what happened to Aaron? What happened to Aaron Hernandez? Many of you know this story. He was convicted of murdering his best friend, Odin Lloyd, went to prison, and while appealing his conviction, he committed suicide in his cell. He left behind his fiancée and a little daughter. Here's where the learning starts. When the scientist commissioned to take a close look at his brain for signs of CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, due to multiple hits to the head, they were shocked to see the amount of brain damage. Go ahead and Google the three letters CTE, and you'll find a clear definition of it. You will see autopsy photos of healthy versus brain damage by CTE. It is absolutely shocking. Here's how CTE is defined by the NIH in the USA. That's the National Institutes of Health. And it lines up almost perfectly with problems associated with addiction. So CTE, uh, this is how they define it. CTE is a neurodegenerative disease caused by repeated head injuries. In other words, hundreds of hits to the head, even while wearing a football helmet will cause CTE. This is a huge issue now, all the way from high school football right up to the pros, active and retired. Further, quote, symptoms include behavioral problems. Check. Committing murder is the worst possible behavioral problem you can think of, of course. Next, erratic mood swings. Check. High and happy one minute, raging the next, and problems in thinking. Check. They're out to get me think kind of thinking, with no evidence to prove that assertion. Okay, back to Mr. Hernandez. Even though CTE is supposed to show up years after playing and getting hit in the head as a fierce offensive player, which Mr. Hernandez was, scientists concluded that the other huge factor in this man's, in Aaron's damaged brain, was the massive amounts of high-strength dope and alcohol together at least in the same night, and when he wasn't playing or practicing, which was at least six months of the year, Aaron consumed that way, daily and nightly, every day and every night, nonstop. And when we examine his behavior, we get even more clues as to the effect his drug and alcohol abuse had on his thinking. I should point out that Aaron had been playing football and drinking and using all throughout his high school years, so he got an early start, say, at the age of 15. Ten years later, he's done. Ten years later, he's done. It is very, very sad for a young man to have ended up where he did. So back to clues about his thinking. First, he always had a posse around him, camp followers and enablers who got him his drugs and went with him to prowl the nightclubs. No one except perhaps for his girlfriend, fiance, ever said, hey, slow down, stop if you can. It also didn't help that he had tons of money to waste as he saw fit. He bought a fabulous home, had cars all over the place, some which he couldn't even keep track of, rented a nice furnished apartment to which he could bring women and party with them and drink and smoke dope with his so-called friends. What did him in was his growing violence triggered by his mushrooming paranoia. He was suspected, formally investigated, and tried and acquitted for a murder that took place before the murder of his friend Odin. So this happened before the murder of his friend Odin. This incident was replayed by another close friend, whom Aaron was, to, was said to have shot in the eye 
after the said incident because Aaron was said to be afraid of his friend disclosing the truth. Here's the stories that came out in court as described by the prosecution. Remember, he was tried and acquitted of this one. But all the evidence definitely shows that it was clear that he, he did it. He just had a wonderful defense attorney that absolutely destroyed uh, the friend who was giving evidence against him at the trial. So Aaron is out clubbing in Boston with a friend whom we shall call Jason. He comes into a late night dance club. No, videos show a lot of this. And he's bumped by another guy, and Aaron gets some liquor spilled on his jeans, and he becomes enraged. I'm going to kill that motherfucker, he says. I'm quoting. But Jason settles him down. They eventually walk out of the club, having drunk their fill and snorted some coke, too, while they were there. So on the way, on the way out, Aaron spots the guy who bumped him, also leaving the club with a friend, and they're heading for their own vehicle parked around the corner. So those guys are now out of sight and out of danger, or so they think. Now, driving away, Aaron in the passenger seat, Jason driving, they happen to pull up next to the other guys also driving away. A pure but tragic coincidence. And Aaron asks Jason to roll down the driver's side window, leans over Jason, and fires several shots from a very big 44 caliber handgun and succeeds in executing both men right in their own SUV. The gun is so powerful, the bullets shatter the passenger side window of the other SUV and explodes into the heads and necks of innocent men. Happen to be immigrants from West Africa, out for some fun after a hard week of work. So what do you get? You get wives without husbands, children without their fathers, a family without a loved one, broken forever. A damaged brain caused not only by hits to the head, but also by massive amounts of drugs and alcohol, extreme paranoia, crazy violence, and narcissistic thinking that justifies such an insane and evil act. So this episode is both sides of the same coin. I wish to talk about the brain damage that is caused by excessive drinking and drug abuse and how that explains almost everything connected to irrational, short-sighted, and selfish thinking and behavior on the part of the addict. And I wish to talk about recovering brain health, which is a big part of what recovery is about, but not talked about enough in my opinion anyway. Alcoholism and drug addiction are seen as mental illnesses. Now that is really hard for people, especially for those who love an addict alcoholic and for addicts themselves to swallow. Here's what the NIH, National Institutes of Health and NIDA, which stands for National Institute on Drug Abuse, part of the NIH, is what they say about addiction, and it could not be any clearer as to its scientific definition. Quote, addiction is caused, is defined rather as a complex brain disorder and a mental illness. Close quote. Continue. It is characterized by repeated use of drugs and inability to stop despite harmful consequences to health, to relationships, especially family, to career and to finances, and to self-esteem, and to one's standing in the community. It is also characterized by poor, short-sighted, and self-centered, dishonest decision-making where you, the parent or wife, are the problem because you are in the way of his next drink or hit. So his drug use is not the problem, you're the problem. Blaming and attacking others for being the cause of his willful life of depression and anxiety or for his being fired or arrested is his stock in trade. He is astonishingly, astonishingly heedless of the effect of his drug abuse and or drinking have on the people who love him and want the best for him. 
That's all because he is operating with a damaged brain. If he does or says something normal, that's either because he is desperately trying to look normal for one minute at great effort for a self-centered reason, or it's a total coincidence, so don't get your hopes up. I've been there. But the good news is that it is possible to recover from most, not all, of the brain damage. Some brain atrophy is irreversible. The younger you, the addict, were when you started using, the greater the odds of unrecoverable brain damage. The same holds true the longer you were abusing drugs or drinking to excess. But here is the hope that we offer at Safe House Rehab. Quite honestly, we hope you find the professional you and your loved one need wherever you, wherever you are and whomever you choose. Just make sure the options you consider qualify on all four pillars of brain health. One, inpatient treatment and cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, has the effect of establish, establishing new neural pathways which were lost to addiction or were never there to begin with. Two, a healthy and varied, varied diet rich in dopamine, brain food, and you can look that up, brings needed nutrition of the brain that was denied it during those careless using and drinking days. Three, a program of vigorous exercise and focus on fitness will allow the endorphins to kick in and they offer a natural mood lift or a natural high. Four, mindfulness meditation and applied brain technologies like our wellness module are scientifically proven to shorten withdrawal time and boost recovery of brain health. Hey, there's no sense blaming the gym if you're out of shape, which means that for recovery of brain health, establishing healthy thinking patterns, the client must totally surrender his old ways of thinking at the door and jump in with both feet and cooperate and take action. So what have we learned today? Much as we resist the thought as anathema to our way of thinking, addiction is a complex brain disorder and a mental illness as defined by the best science of the day. Two, repetitive drug use and or drinking to excess decisively causes brain damage. The Aaron Hernandez case is an extreme example of how CTE plus drug and alcohol abuse conspired to cause massive brain damage, resulting in paranoia and extreme violence. Three, to expect addicts to make good decisions it's like going to the hardware store expecting to find bread. Not going to happen. The addict is walking around with a damaged brain, like it or not. Four, much but not all brain damage is reversible with cognitive therapy, diet exercise, and mindfulness therapy, along with new technologies proven to make the brain healthy again. Thank you for tuning in today. It's my fervent hope we've given you new insight and new hope that will lighten your burden. For our hearts go out to all who suffer the effects of addictive disorder. Please give us your feedback at info at safehouserehab.com. By all means, ask us any question you like, and we'll answer on air if you will. And if you want to leave us your first name and city, we'll recognize you too, of course. This podcast is sponsored by safehouserehab.com where we take a modern approach to recovery, something all families of those who suffer deserve. Tune in next week for more.